0: Hello, welcome back to another episode of Sam's Mind, and let's just jump right into our episode. Hello, welcome back to another episode, and wow, I am finally talking about the health. It's been a long three weeks of reading it. It is 524 pages long, and I'm so happy I finished it. I'm. but. I was also kind of iffy about making an episode because the book is pretty constra contra- controversial. So, it's a hard topic. but I'm just going to share my take on it, what I liked about it and just some themes I I noticed. Like it's basically going to be like my last book talk, the um, the couple next door. Can't believe I almost forgot the book. It's almost it's gonna it like that but i'm not gonna analyze every single character like in order here if i talk about someone then i talk about them but i'm not going to have a set plan the author put in some questions in the back um so we can discuss the book easily it is there are a lot of themes to it and a lot of elements that are kind of hard to analyze alone without questions so it's a good guide and I'm really happy that the author put that in there. I'm going to be answering some of those questions that I found really interesting and I'll do that a little bit later. For now I'm going to share my opinions in the book, some notes I took down and what I liked about it basically. So. Something that I liked about the book was that it wasn't really a hero versus villain story, at least I don't think it was. Some people might disagree and say that um, all the maids and Miss Skeeter defeated Miss Hilly, but I don't think they really defeated Miss Hilly in the end. It might look like they defeated her on the outside, but I think she was always a loser, Miss Hilly. Although Miss Hilly was a popular woman, she strives to appear perfect and she needs all of this attention because she's afraid of being alone, which is what makes her lonely. And that's what being lonely is, not being isolated or excluded. And she really needs validation and praise to fill the emptiness inside her. That's why she's lonely. She's empty inside. I find it interesting that it wasn't until... Haley was trying to go around town to find out who was who in the book and just trying to cover up um her secret about the pie that the loser started to show on the outside. She had that sore on her mouth and that her hair was all messed up and they just she just brought the loser out herself, really. I think it's important to understand the reason why black people are looked down upon it's not at all because of the race. I don't I don't think it's because of the race. Man, that might have been way back then, like in the ancient ages, but I think in the past centuries it's been more because of a people wanting to make themselves feel powerful and heard and it's, it's really an internal conflict, with inside a person. Looking back on history, like, no, Hitler, he just wants to, he just wanted to feel good about himself. So, that's so dumb. I can't really comprehend why people are still being racist. And, I think that's for a reason, because it's so dumb. Like, I don't I really can't understand why it's still happening like like I don't know what else is driving these people to do these things besides that the fact that they're so full of themselves or they're hiding something inside of them like they're hiding this ugly thing inside of them with this disguise which is and that disguise is you know being racist, being shameful towards others. I really wish I could say that racist people need to do some self-reflecting, but that's gotta be really hard. And I'm not even saying that because, oh, I feel bad, it's gonna be so hard for them. A lot of racist people don't even think that they're racist. They're, they think they're helping other people, they're making people feel safer, they're protecting themselves, like, you know, Miss Haley and the, the bathroom initiative in the book. I think it's, it's so sad. So, I know I've been talking a lot about racism, because that was, obviously, a huge, gigantic theme in the book, but... There were some other themes there too, like motherhood, and of course friendship with Miss Skeeter, and, Miss, and Minnie, and Abelian, and Unity. It was. Those were some big topics there too, so the, the questions are going to include those kinds of themes. So our first question is, who was your favorite character, and why? I actually have two fav- favorite characters, and those are Abilene and Mosquito. So I like Abilene because she's this kind-hearted woman that I want to grow up to be. She's so caring towards those, you know, the, the young kids that she looks after, and after a while of looking after them, she's gotten a lot of practice, I suppose. and she's gotten really good at taking care of them she is so kind and even though she's quiet she's she still stands her ground and in the end i like how she stood her ground in front of miss hilly after years yeah probably years of saying yes ma'am she finally stood up to miss hilly and just told her exactly what was on her mind, and Miss Skeeter is also my favorite character because well, I also strive to be like her. She's she makes mistakes, but she recognizes them, and then she tries her best to fix them. And that's exactly what I try to do. I, if I make a mistake, I'd rather know than going on in my life, continuing to make those same mistakes. So she. I think she's very big on growth and I admire that. She also sets standards for herself, whether it be for a partner or a friend. And I like how she actually asked Skeeter about. Skeeter. I like how she actually asked Stewart about his ex girlfriend. Like, she just. And she really deserves to know. She wasn't just going to go on a relationship, pretend like everything's okay. I think that's... A lot of people would want to pretend that everything was okay. It's good that she, she'd she rather know that he still loved her than go on and he'd go on with the relationship. And she's happy, but knows he's lying behind her back. Miss Geener truly is the type of person that... I would want to be friends with she's she's committed and she knows she has standards for friendship she won't just go on with whatever just because she has someone to hang out with to keep her company like I like how she was committed to, to seeing Abelene all the time to finish the book and to keep writing about the maids and she didn't make it about herself it was she she really did want to know about their experiences and once once she did know about what they were going through and what their everyday life was like she she started to change her mindset around her friends what i mean by that is that she would start noticing little things that her friends would do like how they would treat the maids especially hilly she would become super hyper aware and she would even stand up Hilly especially, again, because she was just, she used to just agree with everything Hilly said. Our second question is, what do you think motivated Hilly? On one hand, she is terribly cruel to Abilene and her own help, as well as Mosquito, once she realizes that she can't control her, Yes, she's a wonderful mother. Do you think that she can be a good mother, and at the same time, a deeply flawed person? So there were kind of two questions to that one. The first one was asking about what motivated Hilly. I think that a good reputation motivated Hilly, and I think that that also one goes for this the other citizens of Jackson, Mississippi, in the book. Jackson just had a bad reputation, even to people you know, people outside of Jackson, Mississippi, in the book. There's just they knew Jackson wasn't a very good place. They heard horrible things from it from that happened there. So the, the people that lived in that town, I think just wanted to keep their head held up high, even though I think they were probably affected by those rumors. So they're just trying to put on a mask and a smile and pretend that everything's all right so they they. So the people can look at their town a little bit, and they won't think that. That's what they think, that if they just keep up their smiles and, you know, their clubs, league meetings, then people won't see Jackson as such a bad place. But they're probably going to see it as a bad place anyways. That's what, I, at least what I think. So as Haley, as one of the citizens, she keeps her head up, held high, and since she's popular, too, she's trying to keep up that popularity as well. So that's what motivates her, too. She tries so hard to make everyone feel, to make put everyone below her. She puts herself up on a pedestal. But of course, she doesn't think, oh, I'm better than everyone. She doesn't think she's an arrogant person. She thinks she's a good person. She does try to help a lot, and she does. She's, You know, the her campaign about the poor, starving children in Africa. She's donating money. She thinks she's good. But she doesn't... Yet when it comes to the colored people in her neighborhood, she excludes them and says they're diseased. She doesn't donate to the, the black people in the neighborhood because she thinks, oh, they're just fellow citizens why would i have to donate to them see she thinks she's a good person she thinks oh i treat them so well why would i have to give them um, any more money i i've already given so much for them and she also knows that donating money to poor starving children in africa sounds important to to her neighbors and you know her her friends, everyone in town, all the white people in town, they just, she knows that sounds important to them. So she keeps it up. The second part of that question was, do you think that one can be a good mother and at the same time a deeply flawed person? And I think, yes, it is definitely possible to be a good mother and, and be deeply flawed. Part of the reason why she's such a good mother is because, well, she knows that she can order her child around. Her child can't really complain. And the second part of why she's she's so mean to black people is because she thinks that by looking down at them, she's creating a better world for her. White child to live in. She does it all for her child, but it doesn't change the fact that if she keeps discriminating black people and simultaneously, simultaneously sorry, making, simultaneously making white people happy, her child would grow up thinking that that's what's right. I think that a good mother thinks about her child at all times, whatever she's doing. And being a good mother doesn't always mean teaching your child to be unconditionally loving because every parent's different. Miss Haley doesn't have the humility to to think that her child should grow up to be a better person than her. She thinks she's perfect. She doesn't recognize her flaws. But... She thinks she's a good person and wants her child to be a good person too, so she doesn't change the way she acts in front of her child. She thinks that if she acts that way she does, she will influence her son to be what she believes anyway, to be a a good person. So, Haley genuinely wants a good future for her child, even though it's bound to happen because he's white. Because things, the way things were done back then, white people dominated. Haley knows that if she keeps following what's considered normal, her child would grow up having nobody gang up on him. She, he would be safe. If he just like kept up the role he was supposed to play as a white person in the 1960s. Haley's son is going to grow up to be racist like her, but she doesn't think that, of course. She thinks she's great. And it's not easy for the black people, but the way that they're living is safe for them because if they continue to do what they're doing, to do it they're, as they're told, then no one would get hurt. And that's what they're afraid of, you know, getting hurt, getting arrested. And, of course, that makes sense. So I think being kind to everyone doesn't always relate to being a mother. Our fourth question is, how much of a person's character would you say is shaped by the times in which he or she lives? I feel like a person's character mostly depends on the times that they live in, but not completely, because if it completely depended on the times in which they lived, then everybody would have the same personality, basically. And the I don't think that even that could even happen in this world. I think that every time has a different normal and people tend to adapt themselves to fit into that normal. So a lot of people tend to agree with the most common opinion because they're scared of what people would think, say, or do if they said their opinions out loud are acted differently than everyone else, which is what happens in the book. So in the book, we can see... That with Miss Skeeter, she was when well the moment Hilly found out that she was reading books about things that black people can't do, she was getting involved with the maids, and Hilly she she thought of her as a traitor, and if anyone did that, not just Miss Skeeter, but if anyone tried to get involved with that situation, then people would get suspicious. But now if you were racist then thousands of people would attack you Oh thousands of people within probably a kilometer radius i found it really interesting how miss skeeter's mother made such a big deal about getting married and so did all the other women in jackson mississippi but now it's not such a big deal because because back then everyone was getting a husband it was it was a main priority. From what i see there weren't too many jobs for women. The variety was still very small, it was very limited. So there wasn't much else. I mean you could hold like you could hold small clubs like how Haley did. You can do little things. No woman was really set on with a job end. Though Now, it's more normal for women to have um, different kinds of jobs, sometimes multiple jobs. So, finding a husband isn't really a big deal. We've developed a lot. But the point is that finding a husband isn't such a big deal now as it was back then, as we can see in the book. And now, being single or going on a lot of flings, that's just... People support that, actually. Like some people even look up to that being single and now a lot of people don't look for long-term relationships so you know casual dating and being single like I said is it's so normal and heck some people even look forward to breakups so they can grow as people and glow up in the process which I find really funny it's it's common now because they know that thousands of people within a kilometer radius. I know it keeps saying kilometer radius, but that's how I can say close, uh, how close you are to people that would support their decisions. In the nineteen sixties, it was strange that Skeeter didn't care about finding a husband. That's what people thought. That's so how peculiar that she, that's not what she wants. And now, if Miss Skeeter were here today, tons of women would look up to her as a role model, which is probably what a lot of people reading um, the book today would think. Well, you know, looking at Miss Skeeter, they like she's independent. She doesn't want a husband. A A lot of girls look up to that now because they have a lot of priorities. Their priorities are more profound now. That's what, that's all I'm saying. Social media definitely pay, played a big role in telling people, oh, this is what's normal. And yeah, this is just telling you what's normal and what's not. Social media has definitely made a really big impact on the way people act and their opinions. There's cancel culture and there's celebrities becoming role models for a specific body types, races, sexualities, cultures, and there's also tons of platforms for social media where you can spread awareness. Celebrities set examples for people and they mainly do this through social media and now everybody's becoming a celebrity because of TikTok, even teenagers. So the way they act on social media influences the viewers of every age, whether they be in their twenties, thirties, or even, you know, sixteen-year-olds. So it's almost like the way they act in front of their viewers. It's like they're almost like they're handing out personalities. I think that's what that's what I see. And now, because of social media, we even have different kinds of people that have labels because. These people probably got their personalities from social media. They got... We have... There was a broad girl, a soft girl, the a pick-me girl, pick-me guy, and... There's just so, so many more. Oh, the e-boy. Oh my gosh. And yeah, maybe they did get those personalities from... They, they did form their own personalities, and that didn't come from social media. But... From what I see, the fact that those personalities are just so common, that you see them everywhere, chances are, they did come from social media. That's why I think most of a person's personality or character is shaped by the times in which they live in. On to our next question, and that is, Do you think that Abelene stayed working for Miss Elizabeth? Mae Mobley would have grown up to be a racist like her mother. Do you think that racism is inherent or taught? To answer the first question, I don't think that Mae Mobley would have grown up to be a racist if Abelene had stayed. As a white person, she has a lot of privileges, and a lot of white people back then had a lot of pride for that. But in the end, it's always going to be up to her to decide what to believe, not her race. Of course, Mae Mobley was just a child, but I don't believe that age would affect Mae Mobley's opinion about abling and black people in general, if abling had stayed. A person's childhood plays a really big role on their character, even when they grow up. And to answer the second question, which is, do you think racism is inherent or taught? I think that racism is taught. It might seem that it is inherent, because for the most part if the parents are racist then the child's racist too but i believe that when that is the case the parent teaches the racism usually when the parent is racist and you know the child is racist too that doesn't mean that it's inherent it's just that you know living in the same home as them the child got influenced by you know, the parents' actions. It's not inherent. Things that are inherent usually have something to do with how yours and your parents' brains work. That's how I understand it. And if your parents find it hard to focus in a messy space, and you find it hard to work in a messy space too, that's inherent. But when it comes to racism, racism racism relies on opinion and opinions are never inherited. They're taught or, you know, influenced, like I said, living in the same home as certain kinds of people that say certain kinds of things. Racist things. If we're talking about the book in this case. So what I mean when opinions are taught, it's not like people teach you you have to believe this. People can show you things, like I don't know, how the way they act in front of other people, the how how they treat other people and you can choose to agree with it or disagree with it it's all up to you so that's why i think racism is taught lastly i want to talk about the author because i found it really interesting how she wrote the book i don't think i've mentioned it yet but she has an essay and the that she wrote in the somewhere in the book i don't know if she did that for every book she did it for this one And I found it really intriguing. The author is actually, her name is Katherine Stockett, and she grew up in Jackson, Mississippi, so I suppose that's where she got the setting. And reading her essay, I realized she got a lot of ideas from her personal life, her own experiences, and just input them into the book. She wrote this book in New York, but when she was living in Jackson, Mississippi, as a young girl, she had a maid named Dimitri. Her maid Dimitri? It reminds me of Abilene Constantine, you know, the the quiet, graceful kind of woman. When Catherine, or shall I call her stocket? Catherine. When Catherine was sad, Dimitri consoled her and rocked her in her arms, saying that she's beautiful. And That's what Abelene would say to Mae Mobley, that she's smart, she's kind, and that she's important. I think that, yeah, that definitely inspired her to create characters like Abelene and Constantine. And then I thought about how Catherine might have also used her own life experience to create Skeeter. Because, I don't know, I just find very, very close similarities. First, Miss Skeeter and... Catherine Stockett, they're both writers. And you know, in the book, Miss Geter took a really big risk writing writing the book, The Help in the book, which is also the book that I'm actually reading that Catherine Stockett made, which I find funny. And yeah, she had to take that risk of talking to the maids, talking about their life experiences. That was really scary for the maids and her both and Catherine Stockett she was talking about how when she was actually writing the help during that time she was afraid of what people would say and how they would feel about the book because Catherine Stockett she was she was a white woman writing a book in the perspective of a black woman of course there was of course there were chapters of You know, Miss Skeeter, a white woman. So I suppose she would really have to change the way she writes to be in Miss Skeeter's perspective. But she would have to change the wordings. You know, when she wrote Abelian and Minnie's chapters, Catherine Stockard was really afraid of that. If she wrote in the perspective of a black woman, then she would create stereotypes. That she was afraid that she would do that. That's what makes the book kind of controversial. I feel like with the contents in the book, that can be controversial too, but for the most part in today's age and you know in this in the 21st century, most people are we're already developed. people would look back and, and think, wow, that really happened back then, but I think people are just more concerned about what's happening now in terms of, you know, racism and social issues that are more current. But it's quite controversial because it was a white woman writing a book about black people. I want to say that she has the right because she did grow up in Jackson, Mississippi, and she did see it all happen. Since Catherine Stockett made Miss Skeeter closely parallel to herself, I like to think that we can see the kind of person Stockett is by analyzing Miss Skeeter's character. Miss Skeeter knows that she'll never know what it's like to be a black woman in Jackson, Mississippi in the 1960s. But she's willing to try to understand, and that I feel like is way more powerful than anything else. And that's the first step to change that's all i have for this episode today guys And i really hope you enjoyed it it kind of took a while but that's not important i just had a lot to say and i'm finally done i took a lot of breaks and re- right now i'm reading fangirl a romance taking a bit you know i feel like it's good to change it up like every time i read so and hopefully i'll make a podcast about it if i find that it's worthy enough to make a podcast about because so far all the books I've read have been really good so we'll see about this one I usually like romance books so really hoping it doesn't disappoint so anyways hope you have a nice day and goodbye see you in the next episode